0: What's up guys? It is Tuesday, September 14th, 2021. FritzCast coming at you at earlier in the week. Earlier in the week or later in the week if you want to count the fact that I didn't do a podcast last week and I'm starting putting it up at the beginning of this week. I, I don't know how you want to count that. But but that's, that's up to you. It's not up to me. I don't really care how you count it. Because it's it's FritzCast now. It's this week. And this week I have a great guest uh, just got wrapped up with uh, our conversation uh, with Olivia Rondo, which I've been saying it wrong all along. I've been, kept saying Rondau like like she was French. I made her French. I hope Olivia can forgive me for that, unless she wants to be the cool badass French people that are like protesting and stuff and dumping literally piles of manure on government buildings because the French are actually pretty badass. You know, for all that I used to make fun of them and call them sissies, they're pretty badass. You know what I mean? But uh, we we had a great conversation. We talked a little bit about her background, what she's doing, college, uh, COVID, Afghanistan, this crazy political world that we live in, Uh, 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 echo chambers, uh, puritism, all this negative crap that has made her black-pilled, which uh, maybe I quite possibly might be in that camp now, too. Um, because my God, everything it seems like every turning of the page, things just get more and more insane or insaner. If you want to be an uneducated hillbilly, but that's up to you, not up to me. Uh, but I think I think it was a great conversation and great episode, and that's what we're gonna get into. I'm not gonna hold it up that much longer uh, because it's been a couple weeks. But I do have a special announcement. At the end of the show, so pay attention with with these and with these at the end of the show for an announcement on what's happening this Friday, okay? This Friday, important things are happening. Check it out. But right now, Olivia Rondo on FritzCast. All right, my guest this week is Olivia Rondo. How are you doing?
1: i'm good how are you
0: doing i'm good i'm good you know it's funny just because we were just talking off screen I, I think one of the funniest things i do when i do interviews is i always talk to the guest a couple minutes before i bring you on and then i hit record and i act like i hadn't just talked to you so <laughs>
1: yeah the... so well i'm used to it. i'm used to it by now i do like a ton of podcasts so it's always yeah. like
0: that yeah it's just it's one of the I, I guess stupid things about it but but anyway um how are you doing this evening i'm good i
1: had kind of a like a long week so i am good to just be like here just doing a podcast not like running around at like a rally or ride or something
0: i was gonna say you keep yourself pretty busy you're 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 involved in a lot of stuff right now
1: yeah i do everything which like i have no like time to do it like really anything else so i've been like lacking on the podcast lately i barely have done any so
0: oh no i I totally understand that because i i've been out of the loop for about two weeks now and uh it happens more and more frequently ever since I moved. I'll, uh, I used to do it like every Friday I used to do an episode and it was either me solo or I'd be doing interviews, but, uh, I, I get bit, I get busy with crap now. And sometimes like sometimes what's going on in the world is so crazy. I'm just like, eh, everybody else is talking about it. I'll take a break for a week.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and I um, feel like at some point
1: when I, when I try to like uh, bring up a topic. It's like beating a dead horse because everybody has said like all there is to say on something. So then I'm just like, all right, let me shut up there.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean like there's literally 900 podcasts out there. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of that though, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and what got you into, into doing podcasts, whether you're being a guest on them or running your own
1: podcast. Um, I don't know how to go from my background to like doing podcasts. That's like a a long story.
0: Let's just, let's just condensed background. Like, like give us a crash course on Olivia, not, not, not the, uh, not the A&E, you know, autobiography thing.
1: Okay. Uh, background. I'm from Maryland. I was born and raised in Maryland. It's very liberal here. So I'm definitely feeling alone a lot of times in my thoughts, especially given like the you know the demographic boxes I fit into it's just like not popular to have the opinions I have here so that's probably what led me to not just podcasts but to like even create like my social media um, in the first place which led me to you know writing and making videos and podcasting and all that kind of stuff I feel like it just came from me having unpopular opinions and not really having people to talk about it with in real life
0: yeah yeah, I can get that. And in Maryland, I'm in Delaware. I'm right next door to you. And oh, okay. Delaware, yeah, Delaware is always blue state. It, it's, it, it's hard yeah. to find a Republican up in the northern counties. I just actually moved uh, down in the southern area, which I think is a little bit better, uh, because we at least have some Republican leadership down here. Yeah, But, uh, but the state's pretty much controlled by Newcastle County. This is, you know, this is Joe Biden's backyard and home state. So everything's kind of in lockstep with with you know lo- loving Joe Biden. At least the northern half loves Joe Biden. We, we're not so fond of him down here.
1: Yeah, like, it's other. annoying. I mean, I live in like one of the more liberal parts of Maryland because obviously we have our more Republican parts too. But it's like more uh, like less densely populated. It's like super rural.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. As soon as I moved out, I'm pretty much in in the sticks right now in Delaware. So. It, I find it much, much better than than when I was up uh, up near Wilmington.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to say I'm in the sticks, but I'm like as close as to the sticks you can get and still be considered in like the D.C. metro area. Yeah. Like I'm like right on the outskirts. So it's right. nice because I'm in the burbs, but I'm also like close to the city like for work and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get to like the best of both worlds vibe and you can, you can avoid an hour commute like I go through every day. Mm-hmm so uh there's the podcasting aspect and all that I know you've done uh you, you've done a lot of things too. you you were a wrestler for a little bit do you, you still do that
1: yeah I still practice I'm not competing okay. right now because I ended up like taking on a bunch of work this year at kind of like the last second over the summer and I was like oh I don't even need to go to school right now I can just like work and not get into debt so I was like you know, let me just not go back this semester and see if I can still like, you know, practice and do sports at home. And so I've been doing jujitsu and wrestling on a less frequent basis than I would like lately. Um, But I actually am starting rugby soon. So that's gonna be fun too.
0: Oh, damn. Yeah. You're just into all the contact beat them up sports, aren't you? Yeah,
1: I feel like um, that probably influenced me politically as well, just because I'm really into, I'm just really competitive. I'm just a really competitive person. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Uh, what were you going to college for?
1: What was I going for? Yeah. Uh, political science, which is not really a surprise to anybody, but it's actually like the lamest degree ever. And I found that I would have probably been better off going for like journalism or something because that's en- what I ended up doing now. Right. Um, so maybe if I do go back, I'd probably want to switch my major to that. Um, and I'm not like anti-college. I'm just anti-college for me right now. at like this point in my life. (laughs) So, yeah,
0: I can, I can get that. I I went to college and I actually, uh, I graduated, uh, with a degree in communications. So I guess you can say it's kind of working for me on this front, but before that I was actually in college for the as you said political science might be the most worthless degree i was in for the second most worthless degree which was criminal justice
1: that is that worthless that sounds like not worthless i
0: feel like criminal justice i feel like the criminal justice degree is waved out there for you know people who are in you know public sector like policing and all that and it's just kind of like for me at least in my experience that's just been a, a another hurdle out there in in you're and you trying to seek promotions and things like that so when i went when i was taking my criminal justice degrees they seemed pretty useless but i'm sure there's people who have taken them on a on like a legal aspect like people who are studying law probably got more out of it than i would have got out of it and i wish i paid a little more attention because now i'll go like I'll, i'll hear what the supreme court's doing and i try to break down like all this case law stuff and I don't understand it because it's written in Latin. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So yeah.
1: Yeah. That was stuff like I was taking con law this like last semester and I was like, hella confused by it too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I figured out how to break down. Like when they're citing court cases and all that, it's literally mumbo jumbo until you figure out what the breakdown is. And I know Google can just, you know, you can Google search it and it'll tell you how to do it. But Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of the aspects in college that I wish I paid more attention to just because of what I dive into now, breaking down politics and law and all that.
1: But I still, feel like I learned more like on the internet than in school for poli-sci though, not gonna lie.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, there's big huge internet communities and people that you can engage with. And, and, you know, I was stating earlier, there's, there's a ton of podcasts that you can catch on, on law and legal yeah. stuff.
1: I just feel like it's much better to, because it's like without the bias. Um, because I have like very very liberal and biased professors. Like my con law professor, um, he's very anti Second Amendment. And I'm like, how are you a constitutional law professor and completely are against the Second Amendment? Like I just didn't understand it. Yeah. And I had a bunch of different like crazy liberal professors that were always like trying to like shove their little like ideology into the lesson. So I was just like, I literally can learn this from the internet. So goodbye. I'm out of here. <laughs>
0: You can learn it from the internet and you won't be uh, taking out any, uh, any massive student loans to try to get it.
1: Oh, wait, sorry. Can I cuss?
0: Yeah. You know, you're you're good. Okay. You're good.
1: Uh, I should ask, but um, yeah, I don't have any student debt. I'm not planning on getting any student debt. So
0: that's good. That's a good approach because somebody, maybe me was an idiot and didn't do it that way.
1: Well, it's like, I don't think anyone's an idiot for a career student debt because people act like you have to, and people act like, it's the norm. And that like, you know, it's fine. Everybody has to debt, but it's actually like bad advice to tell somebody to just like not care about the debt, especially oh, yeah. when they're like 18 years old and like they're like 18 years old getting into like six figures of debt. And like, you don't think about it at the time, but I have a lot of friends who are like $150,000 in debt. And they're That's just insanity. like, well, yeah.
0: That's insanity. And some of them are in it for the most like bizarre degrees I've ever heard of.
1: Yeah, the person, um, so... I know someone who um is about to take the bar in California. So they have like a bunch of like, um, uh, like college debt and like grad or what's it called, law school debt, and they have like hundred fifty or like hundred eighty thousand or something. But at least there's actually money in that degree. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, is it worth a hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt though? I don't know because you'll be paying that off for like ye- like decades.
0: That's a lot of money to undertake. I mean, it, it's one thing for like. I feel like, you know, I have a mortgage for my house. I feel like that debt is like, you know, I'm working, I'm consistently working on it to, to have this be mine at the end of, you know,
1: you right. know
0: a, a set term. Whereas right. I feel like, I feel like college.
1: And it's an like, asset too.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like, I, you know, I don't know how you felt growing up in school, but I always felt in school that it was just a big fear-mongering thing. Like you got to go to college or you're going to be the homeless hobo. You know, yeah. you, you choose, you know, take on the debt. Don't even worry about what you want to study. Go, you'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, you'll incur all this debt. Right. It's like all these does. kids that go
1: there and don't even have a major picked out. I'm um, just like, take a gap, like take a gap semester until figured it. you yeah. figured it out.
0: Yeah, I bounced around like probably, I think, three different majors. I started out as a business major. I went to the criminal justice thing. And then I finally ended up on communications, which was, I think, the last two years of yeah. my study.
1: So even with the, the policy major, I might like, if I do go back, I might just finish and add journalism as a minor for that reason, because I don't want to like have to start all over and pay a bunch of money for like extra classes that I should have been taking, you know, earlier as a freshman and stuff. So.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I crazy. don't know.
1: And a lot of it's unfortunate because like a lot of these like right-wing outlets are like, you know, blue collar, like you don't need a college degree. Like don't send your kids to like Marxist universities, but they only hire people with college degrees. So it's yeah. like, you guys are hypocrites
0: yeah yeah it's really so that's actually one of the things that I love about you uh when I listen to your shows or any of the interviews that you do is because I like I can't like it's not like any cookie cutter thing with you that that pops up like I can't just say like you're purely on this side of the spectrum or purely on that side of the spectrum you kind of have a balance
1: uh I would agree with that and it's funny because I always get called like oh, she's a fake libertarian or fake conservative or fake Republican. I'm just like, I honestly, I'm not even claiming to be a Puritan on any of those things. It's like, right. I'm not claiming to have a very pure ideology. I claim to be consistent with my own personal ideology, but I'm not claiming to like be a part of, you know, anyone's group or trying to claim anyone's anyone's title for their ideology. So it's just odd that people accuse me of that all the time because I am like, I don't find myself a centrist or anything, but mm-hmm. I, it's it's like, it's a, it's kind of hard for people to like pinpoint where I'm at a lot of the time. So I get accused of like being fake, like a lot. It's really annoying.
0: <laughs> well, is a lot of that from the online environment.
1: Oh yeah. All the time.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like I more and more like the bigger that I, or the more that I've used Twitter, the more and more I've like scaled back and tried to move away from it because I, you know, I feel like there's a lot of that going on. Um, I know that you've been on a lot of libertarian shows. You've paddled around with a lot of us libertarians, like Reed yeah. Coverdale and and the Tower Pod Gang and Joshua Smith and all that. But you, yeah, it, it, like you're not. I I never like it, right on your Twitter page. It doesn't even say libertarian. It says conser- It says conservatarian. Does it not?
1: Yeah. So I'm like I'm very straight up and like admitting that I'm not a puritan conservative. I'm not a puritan libertarian. I have like a mixture of of both. And. And so I put that up there because it used to say, I think at one point it just said conservative, and then I started being like, hey, maybe I do lean more libertarian. So I try to accurately, you know, put that out there because that was around the time when I was kind of realizing a lot of things like. I think when I first became political, I was like, okay, so I'm definitely not like a leftist or a liberal. I guess the only choice is to be like a Republican or conservative. And then I kind of realized that there's another choice and you don't have to fit into a box and you can lean more liberty and still be like kind of conservative or or right leaning. But a lot of people don't get that. So I try to be upfront about that. But like, still, that literally doesn't deter anyone from calling me like a fake conservative or a fake libertarian, especially like, like you said, especially because I'm friends with like a lot of libertarians Mm -hmm. and go on their podcasts and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it, even if you were, even if you were a pure libertarian, we shit on each other all the time. I mean, yeah, I real. think
1: honestly, it's kind of a badge of honor to be called a fake libertarian. Cause I'm like, at least I'm libertarian enough for people to think I'm like LARPing as a libertarian. So yeah. I'm like, <laughs> at least like nobody thinks I'm like a neocon or something like that's like, whatever.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Do you think this, this, this like purism that, that people are so, I don't know, thirsty for, is, is a huge problem when it comes to,
1: you Absolutely, know, it, it creates, like, so many, so many, like, riffs on Twitter, and it's just, like, people are getting blocked over, like, the littlest fucking disagreements, and it's like, oh, so you, it's like, oh, you disagree on how to do something. We agree on the goal, but we disagree on how to do it. Why are you guys blocking each other? Why are you guys arguing? I don't understand, or I find it very common with people who basically ideologically think exactly the same, but they have different like vehicles of achieving libertarian ideals so like, some people are in the gop some people are independent some people are in the lp there's different caucuses in the lp and they're all arguing i'm like you you guys agree on 95 percent of the same shit you're just arguing on how to achieve it so i that that does piss me off when everyone's like not libertarian enough depending on um how they want to achieve libertarianism because i feel like I don't, i'm not the type of person to put all my eggs in one basket so i'm not like a super pro lp person i'm not a super like We can only win in the GOP person. I'm just like wherever works at the time. But a lot of people are very, very puritan about that.
0: Oh, yeah. I think you'll get the most shit if you like. Like right now, if if I have a discussion with libertarians and we're talking about like Ron DeSantis or something, I'm like, listen, if Ron DeSantis ran and the Libertarian Party's putting up crap, yeah, I'll vote for Ron DeSantis. Like I'd rather be under that than – Another well, I sincerely doubt it'll be another term of Joe Biden. But if they try to like, you know, push Kamala Harris up there or whoever they really do, it's it, honestly it's going to be like, yeah, I'll go Ron DeSantis.
1: You know it's funny? Ron DeSantis is like one of the things that people get really really mad about because I don't like Ron DeSantis, and they're like, you're a fake libertarian if you don't like Ron DeSantis. Wow, like, what? really? Yeah, it's like it's like that that group of people who are like the more like I guess like probably like paleo libertarians that like really don't like me because I'm not like just super paleo or whatever the fuck. So it, they're like really mad that I don't like Ron DeSantis because they're like, he's the most liberty governor in America. I'm like, okay. Okay. And he's still a statist. So I don't <laughs> like, I don't know, like yeah. what do you want me
0: to do? Yeah, the, the the most liberty thing like that to me is bullshit. Like I'm fully admitting that he's not. I'm just like if, Thank I, you. if I had because to because it's like,
1: oh my God, he did the bare minimum of not literally like ruining people's lives during the pandemic wow like big pal in the back for you but yeah you're still horrible a lot of other shit it's like i get like the incremental success and stuff but at this point i'm like so black pill i'm like honestly people are not even gonna wake up until it's like full acceleration this time so if kamala becomes president and like bans everything and that's what it takes to wake people to fuck up and like actually do something i'm actually fine with that so
0: so be it huh
1: on, yeah, because I feel like Ron DeSantis will get up there and, you know, he'll do some some nice symbolic gestures. He'll be like, he'll write a decree that it says, no more critical race theory. We're banning all critical race theory. And then everyone's just like, "Woo! Ron DeSantis is banning critical race theory and Marxism in schools. But meanwhile, he just sent like $7 trillion to Israel. And, and I'm just like, I, I don't know. I don't trust the guy, really.
0: Yeah, no, no, I, I- think that those are legitimate concerns with him. Um, Honestly, yeah, those are things that people don't take into consideration, I guess, because of what's going on on the forefront right now. I mean, so obviously I could throw out there and I can ask you, you know, like Joe Biden's statements a couple of days ago where he basically said, "If, if you're a private business and you have 100 or more employees, either get them vaccinated or make them test weekly. How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, that's horrible. I think we're going to see a lot of noncompliance. I just wrote an article for Fee on civil disobedience and noncompliance. Um, and I've been writing a lot uh, with Tim Cass recently about uh, similar topics, mainly um, vaccine passports in New York City and how people are planning to fight against that. So I really feel like there really is no other way out of this than non-compliance clients I mean people can't just be like oh it's a private business they can do what they want because it's not the private business making the decisions anymore yeah I would be a lot less angry about it if it was just like Walmart saying hey you have to have a mask to come in or hey you have to swipe your vaccine card before you come in I'm like okay I'm just not gonna shop at Walmart no more but I think this is like crazy government overreach and it's anti-science because everybody knows that people who are vaccinated can still test positive for COVID can still be hospitalized with COVID can still spread covid it just like lessens the effects allegedly and but they don't have to get tested weekly because they've been vaccinated even though they can still catch it even though they can still spread it so i just like the party that is so like pro-science and calls everybody else anti-science isn't even being pro-science right now they're just trying to manipulate people into getting the vaccine so they don't have to get tested every week
0: that's actually been my biggest argument uh, over the over this past couple of weeks, but when because I figured the mandate, I figured this was coming, um, and my biggest argument was that you know how are you going to sit there and tell me that uh, that requiring somebody unvaccinated to take a weekly test isn't some isn't some type of form of discrimination against them because you're giving the vaxxed guys a pass despite the fact that they can still catch they can still spread therefore. You still have a problem, but yeah. because the other guy or the other person isn't getting the jab, you're going to make, quote-unquote, their life a living hell until they do. It just That's discrimination. Yeah,
1: I think that Democrats and liberals were literally chomping at the bit for the chance to discriminate against people they perceived to be Trump supporters, even though, as you all know, not everybody who's not vaccinated is a Trump supporter. People just value their medical freedom. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, we're we're like, we're going to get these Trump supporters and force them to get vaccinated. We're going to laugh in their faces. And if they don't, they can't come in my store. It's going to be so great. I can discriminate against them all I want. Meanwhile, our freedoms are being eroded. And they're like looking at it like, oh, well, too bad. You know, like it's it's like they I think it's out of hate. Like people generally yeah. want to discriminate against us.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's just them saying, well, sucks to suck. And it's just because you got Joe Biden in and, and you're not even – they're not even proud. Like, there's nothing that they can really truly say that they like about Joe Biden. It's just that, like, oh, mean tweets are gone.
1: Yeah. Like, nobody looks at him as a leader. They're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's good old Uncle Joe. Like, he's just familiar and pretty mundane.
0: Yeah, no, I saw your tweet about that earlier. I thought that was – I, thought that was I
1: on a rock I think he's a pedophile, but since nobody else – thinks that they're just like, oh, he's just a kindly old sweet Uncle Joe. You know, he's Obama's vice president. I mean he's pretty cool. And it just like amazes me because there's like sixteen different videos of him like sniffing children. And I'm just like right. I don't know. Like wake up sheeple. But right. That doesn't even
0: me. that doesn't even cover his entire my entire lifetime of him being in Congress and stuff that he said over the past
1: thirty years. Yeah, exactly. It's just like he's everything that they accuse Trump of being in, like five times worse, 10 times worse. So it's just like, I don't know. I've lost hope for humanity.
0: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kind of there with you. That's why I moved out to the sticks.
1: Nice.
0: But uh, uh, but beside that though, um, that that's where we are now. I don't think, I, I, I kind of believe uh, what you said is right. I think there's going to be a lot of non-compliance and there's going to be a lot of, you're not going to really be able to enforce it from the people not complying, it's kind of like an empty threat almost. As long as people actually mass not comply, if people comply, then well, you know, shit. I'm
1: I waiting to, to see what happens in New York because they seem to have the strict rules with the whole same passports to even participate in fucking public society. And That's so I've already crazy. spoken to some people there that I know there that are planning like literally like restaurant sit-ins where you walk into a restaurant or bar and refuse to show your vaccine passport and make them arrest you so i think we're going to see some of that hopefully people who are telling me they're going to do that are not bluffing because i'd really like to see that um because i feel like we're at a point where we have to be willing to be arrested for standing up at this you know so it's like we can't just tweet about it anymore
0: yeah tweets are worth <laughs> tweets are worthless when it comes to this you can tweet yeah the best thing on the face of the planet. And it doesn't matter if you're not going to be, you can tweet up that big storm, but if you're not going to be the person that takes the step, it's worthless at this point. Exactly. So in Maryland, I I haven't, uh, I don't think I've gone into Maryland over the past couple of weeks. Um, But are you like, have you run into anything where like you have to show a, you know, a vaccine passport or, or some Mm. kind of proof of vaccination?
1: Um, I haven't had to deal with that yet. However, um, I know when I, uh, go to my first rugby practice, I'm going to have to show proof of vaccination. So I'm trying to figure that out without, yeah. uh, inc- uh, incriminating myself. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, mom's the word on that one. We'll stop talking about that.
1: But, yeah. Uh, I'm getting vaccinated.
0: Right. She's getting her shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because, um, <clears throat> uh, I may or may not be vaccinated, but, uh, I'm actually getting an antibodies test just because I'm just because I'm curious.
1: And that's another part that's anti-science. They don't care if you have antibodies. They don't care if you have a natural resistance to it.
0: I know. That's why theoretically, theoretically speaking, if I if I get the antibodies test and I and I comes back and it shows that I have it, I'm going to I'm going to be ruffling some feathers as it were.
1: Yeah. Like literally show that as your proof. You you have antibodies. You're not going to get it. You're not going to spread it.
0: i haven't ran into any of that in delaware either i haven't i haven't tried to gone like phew, i haven't tried to gone Wow. i haven't tried to go to any like uh big public event or anything like any of the football games but i don't even think that i don't even think they're requiring uh uh proof of vaccination per se at those things either
1: maybe not where you're at but i've definitely seen it uh they're like segregating like i think at maybe nats park or something i think they're segregating like yeah. start staggering like ball games and stuff which is like really stupid
0: yeah yeah it's crazy well how how's it been for you like going out in public like when you go to grocery stores or anything like that like I, like if i go to any store here in delaware none of them even have any of the postings in the doorways anymore about masks or anything and it's really basically, no we have
1: to wear a mask here really mm-hmm
0: yeah every store i've walked into in delaware it's like it's a fifty-fifty shot. You're either going to see, you might see some people wearing them. You see a lot of people not wearing them. I haven't seen any place that has required me or asked me or forced me to leave or forced me to put one on, except for like a federal, like a federal building or a state government building. Yeah. Yes.
1: No, I have to wear it like everywhere, like on the metro, in the store, just getting coffee, just like really anything, like wow. in, even into a restaurant. Then you can take it off when you sit down because there's no COVID at the tables, you know.
0: Yeah, isn't that the stupid? Okay, so when COVID, like when they were easing up a little bit and like restaurants could open up and all that, I thought that that was the stupidest like COVID rule ever.
1: There's no COVID at the tables. It's science.
0: (laughs) Just, just, just this walk in with the restaurant and wear it and to your table when you get to the table. It's science. It's
1: like you're. It's like you're not understanding me. It's science. Unless you're a grandma killer, you would just do it.
0: Ah oh, man, both my grandmas are dead. So,
1: oh, I'm sorry.
0: It's not no, they they no. Nah, it's been years, but uh, that's that that's just that's ridiculous, man. <laughs> Excuse me. So that covers COVID. What about what about Afghanistan? What what what's your thoughts on that front?
1: Um, I've been kind of annoyed with the discourse lately because it seems like a lot of people um there's like a lot of no nuance takes honestly some people are like at least we got out like we can't complain that biden boshed the pullout because at least we're out now it's like a lot of puritan libertarians who are just like, we need to get out like it doesn't matter how we got out it doesn't care like it doesn't matter how many people left behind i'm just like that seems disrespectful and on the other uh, other side it's like the hardcore like neoconservatives were like see we should have never abandoned them. we should have never pulled out because this is always inevitable i'm like I really don't think that either of those are the answer. I think we definitely needed to pull out. I think that whether it was gonna be immediately or in 30 or 60 or 90 days, wouldn't have made that much of a difference in the long run just because we've already been there for 20 years. So if they needed extra time to plan, which they clearly did, they should have just taken that. Um, And it's just, it's sad, I've shared like, I've shared probably like 10 GoFundMes from some of the, uh, I guess soldiers, or, or I think Marines that died there. Mm-hmm. um on my Twitter and it's just it's really sad because it's like kids that are my age kids that are younger than me kids that weren't even alive during 9 11 and it just really like fucks me up to see that
0: yeah no I no I completely agree with that and uh furthermore like I, I, you're right there's no like I, I don't think there's any one like golden take on on how it would uh on on how it could be better uh the way we that I was
1: wrong we just yeah. know it was wrong we knew that they definitely needed to plan more. And that uh, they neglected. I mean, they they left people behind. They left their dogs behind. They left weapons behind. They left vehicles behind. Like it was clearly a botched pullout. Nobody can say it wasn't botched.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think like it, it's one thing to you know say it's been twenty years and it's time for it to end. And I've been been saying that for probably the last seven years of my life. Yeah. Uh, like like this is this is a war that just is an endless war and, and it needs to stop. But. Uh, I I forget exactly the way I put it after it happened, but I said, you know, I said on one sense, I'm, I'm glad that it's done, but nobody wanted it this way. Like nobody wanted to, you know, just snap our fingers, have it end, and then see all this chaos ensue whether or not the chaos was going to.
1: I mean, all it's doing is, is setting us up to go back. It's Mm going to be worse. I don't think that we've left for good because we botched it so bad.
0: Yeah. And there's there's concern for that as well, uh, and I know they keep bringing up uh, a new faction of ISIS in the mix and, and all that. Yeah, now there's yeah.
1: ISIS K, and Kabul, and just everywhere is basically in crisis because the Taliban took over, and and just like it, and it's it's helping the neoconservative arguments that are like, you know, if we if we don't have a presence there, you know, innocent people are going to get killed, women are going to get raped, they can't go to school, they have no rights. I'm like. That is literally what they're that that, that is li- quite literally what is happening right now. but that that's what they were gonna do either way. I'm just saying it, it's just it's a shame that we left so carelessly and it's a shame that that actually aided the neocon argument because now I genuinely think that they're gonna go back and be like, see, we should never have left. you know, this is what happens, but it, I, it seems planned to me. I don't know if that's crazy, but it seems planned to me that they're they they could not have put that little thought into pulling out you know they just couldn't have forgotten like the dogs and just left the dogs in the airport like that's just insane
0: yeah yeah there's and you know it's funny though <clears throat> for all the conservative neocon talk tulsi gabbard put out like a really bizarre tweet over the whole thing uh on 9-11 about was it the
1: uh, one that was like this is this is like islamist terrorism and everyone like got mad about it yeah yeah i need to go back and look at that because i i kind of saw it but i didn't really like look at it for too long because i was like, going to look at that later but i remember it was oh yeah she said let us hashtag never forget that it was the islamist ideology which inspired the terrorist attacks and declaration of war against america on 9-11 and it's is this islamist ideology that continues to fuel terrorist attacks around the world and is a foundation for so-called islamic countries like pakistan turkey iran and saudi arabia's discriminatory policies against christians hindus Buddhists, atheists etc that's mad funny yeah. And all the libertarians all the libertarians came out and were like super mad about that.
0: Yeah. It was uh it was, it was a pretty big uh it was a pretty big Twitter blow up the other day when she posted it. And I
1: saw Reed was pretty mad about that because Reed used to work for Tulsi, so that's kinda of funny to see him getting pissed off at her all the time now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is kind of funny to see that. So what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Like, is the most important thing that we're well? I think we already kind of discussed what the most important thing we're facing is is mass noncompliance.
1: compliance. Yeah.
0: Do you think? Uh, do you, how do you think it's going to go over for us in that in that fight? Or do you think that this is kind of like it's kind of hard to predict right now because it's, it depends on how.
1: It's hard to predict. I think we'll get a good we'll get a good indication of how it's going to go um, when all this is really. Um, I guess like they just announced it. So when they put it into action, like whenever that will be, we're going to see a lot of businesses getting shut down and probably a lot of business owners going to jail. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful because I feel like if it doesn't happen, then I'm just completely black because if people don't stand up to this, they're not going to stand up to anything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I think it's a test of, of time. And, and I think that, uh, you know, I think, personally I think the the vibe that that's going amongst the general public is just kind of like this this fed up being fed up with with this um you know and I kind of told people as we were in summer you know because a lot of restrictions were going lax and people had a little bit more freedom to go out and do things and and kind of you know experience somewhat normal life I kept telling people like Don't get too excited. Don't get, don't get too excited. And don't think that this is going to be how it stays because I said right around the corner, when summer's over, I said, watch them start clamping down and going back. And it's going to be just like last year, last winter, where they're going to tell you, you know, Hey, you probably shouldn't have a big Thanksgiving, you know, with your family or or visit friends you know
1: and people literally fell for that shit and people literally obeyed that shit and that's the part that really pissed me off because i i saw all these dramatic posts my time i'm like oh wow like i had to say goodbye to my dying father from outside the hospital window because we couldn't go in because of covid i'm like are you people fucking serious you guys are like sucking fauci's dick that much that you like can't participate in like key moments in your life like that shit that shit pissed me off. So that's why I'm kind of blacked at the moment because I feel like they're not gonna. They're. I mean, they're just not gonna fight for anything if they can't fight for that.
0: Yeah, my my good. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, a buddy of mine. I was on his show last last year. I want to say in March, March or April or around that time, and we were talking about COVID. Um, Stephen Ignor- Ignoramus. I don't know if you know his name or not he's done a lot of live streaming, um, down in DC when the protests were going on. Um, and, but when he had me on his show, we were talking about that. And I remember bringing up, I was like, you know, like, cause my buddy, my buddy's grandmother had just died and, uh, his family was faced with that. They were only like, it was, they were only allowing like 10 people at funerals or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I said, that's the biggest bullshit i've ever heard like you have to now sit down if you if a loved one dies and like go through a tally list and see who's worthy of going to a funeral that's insane
1: literally insanity and like weddings like just anything literally anything Thanksgiving is christmas we're like oh my god when people tell me oh i haven't seen my mom in in like 18 months because of the COVID restrictions. She lives in like two states away. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Unless my mom is like literally so fragile that if I breathe on her wrong, she's going to die. I'm not going to not see her for a year and a half because of COVID restrictions. Like I understand being cautious around people who have compromised immune systems and people who are older. I've worn a mask around my grandma before. I really don't have, until she got vaccinated. I really don't have a problem with Like I'm not an anti-vax person. I personally just don't feel like I need it. I feel like if you're old at risk, go ahead, wear the mask, take the vaccination, do whatever you want to do to keep yourself safe. Just don't tell me to do that shit. So it's like, I'll be safe. It's not, um, it's not me being like, like so anti-science. I just think that these people who are so scared are the real anti-science ones.
0: Yeah, no. And I agree with that. And, and that's something that like my wife, my wife's grandmother can't, uh, can't get the vaccination she actually has medical conditions that in which she hasn't been able to take any vaccinations she can't take certain medications all that jazz and she's still she'll come over and visit and wear a mask and we'll be outside and all that you know we take those considerations in uh, uh for her um but you know like my own mother like you know i asked her I asked her over the holidays uh, last year, I was like, so are we, are we limiting like the family stuff or whatever she said? Oh no. I said, everybody's coming for Christmas. Everybody's coming for Thanksgiving. And yeah. she was just like, you know, she was, I, I, you know, I think her words were, you know, I don't have that much longer left on this planet anyway, and I'm not going to give it up for, you know, for my better for a year or two when that's just bull crap. And I that mean, was-
1: that's pretty impactful. And I, I think a lot of, Older people share that sentiment. Like a lot of people, like I'm sure, like the the old people that died alone in hospice because like their family couldn't come and see them. I bet they would have given anything in the world to see their whole family. But no, you know, people are so stuck in their Fauci worship that they were just completely okay ruining people's moments and lives like this past year.
0: I I assume you've been. I, I assume you've watched a lot of the Rand Paul Fauci exchanges at these hearings and stuff.
1: I have. Uh, I, I will okay, not say a lot, but I've I, I've written a little bit about Rand Paul and his, his statements lately at Feast. I have to watch a couple of them every once in yeah. a while.
0: Yeah, I, I thought uh, I, I, at least I can cheer Rand Paul and his consistency on going for Fauci, especially with uh, how it was just revealed recently that he pretty much lied to Congress about funding and, and gain-of-function yeah. research.
1: Yeah, and so now I think Fauci should go to jail, but people are – literally not even talking about the fact that he got exposed. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. And he's and there he sits still at the head of NIH, probably one of the most top paid people in the United States government.
1: Oh, Oh, for sure. For sure. He's definitely a multimillionaire right now.
0: It's insane. That's insane. All right, Olivia, I've had you on for about 40 minutes now. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but, uh, you mentioned Fee, you mentioned some of the things you do. So where can people find you online? What's some of the work that you do? And, and how can we keep up with what's going on in Olivia's world?
1: Uh, sure. So I'm on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Olivia Rondo, R-O-N-D-E-A-U. And mainly I've been writing for Fee and Tim Cass lately. Those are the two main publications I've been working for. But I also started, uh, I, I just got a contract with Larry Sharp to do some video work for him. So I oh, will be nice. on the Sharp way. Yeah, so I'll be on the sharp way pretty frequently for like the next few months as well. That's
0: awesome. I love Larry Sharp and the Sharp Way.
1: He's the best. He's like my dad. Is I have he? like so many. I have like so many like libertarian like dads and stuff in the movement now. Like I'm Spike. Co- Spike Cohen's Spike. also My dad. Yeah, but like Larry actually treats me like I'm his daughter or something. Like he like has all this fatherly advice. Spike treats me like horribly. He's the shittiest <laughs> parent in the world. I hate him. He doesn't like me um he always is like he'll always like send me some random shit and be like this is why i left you it wasn't in your life for 20 years like he'll always like say some dumb shit like wow. that so i don't like like yeah wow. but people literally somebody had literally asked me um if him and tasha were my parents uh because they pulled up to the solutionary summit um like a couple weeks ago when i was in miami and i was just like huh that would be kind of funny if i posted a selfie with them on twitter and just said they were my parents and he was like totally on board with that like we took a <laughs> selfie and he was like okay post it and we like coordinated like and he told me he was gonna use like hashtag family and like retweet it and stuff yeah and yeah. everybody was like wow oh my god did i didn't know you really despite i was like people are so fucking gullible, gullible. yeah that's crazy and he, I mean, he would have had a have me when he was pretty young, but technically he is old enough to be my dad. So. Yeah.
0: That's crazy, man. Love spike too. He's crazy. Yeah. Though.
1: If he was a 19 year old father, he could have had me. which is <laughs> not unheard of. So I guess yeah. people like people believed it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Olivia, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking the time to come on my show and, and be on a, another libertarian podcast, but. I, I Good appreciate
1: being back on the you. libertarian
0: podcast circuit. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right, and that wraps up my conversation with Olivia. I'm really, really thankful that she uh, took the time to come on this. Just another libertarian podcast. I'm just another libertarian podcast in a sea of nine billion libertarian podcasts. Because you're not a real libertarian if you don't have a podcast. So if you're out there and you're listening and you think you're a libertarian and you're not. Producing some kind of content that people can watch or consume or listen to. I I don't hate breaking it to you. These are the fucking rules. You're not a libertarian. Get on the game and become one. All right? That's just, that's how this works. Now, uh, shout out, happy birthday to my daughter. My daughter's birthday was uh, on the 12th. She turned two. My God, she turned two. I can't believe how fast time goes. Like, I, sometimes it seems slow, but... You know, two years old, two years old, and she's having full conversations. And My goodness, my goodness. And then, special shout-out birthday to my wife, whose birthday's today, on September 14th. Um, She's turning 30, or I should say <clears throat> 34, because she keeps saying that I'm 37 when I'm only 32. To get at me, make me feel old. But I said... <clears throat> That something special is coming up on Friday. On Friday, your boy is going to be on Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith. I got the invite to come on Break the Cycle with Joshua Smith. I have been, I have been drawn, I've been immortalized by Top Lobster, and nothing like that's the, the that's Libertarian Podcast pinnacle for me. That's gonna that's gonna be lit, and that's gonna also be live. On Friday, so tune in to Joshua's channel, uh, "Break the Cycle," because he has a great show. He's actually a true libertarian podcast, unlike me, which is just an amateur libertarian podcast. I mean, this is the coolest thing I have. This background—that's why it's featured all the time, every time. That's the coolest that it gets on Fritzcast. Is that back there? Uh, but uh, but it's going to be great to be on "Break the Cycle." I'm really looking forward to whatever Josh throws my way. Uh, and doing it live is just, you know, I'm, I don't do anything live except Stephen Ignoramus interviews, which, Stephen, I haven't forgot about you, buddy. Much love. Uh, <clears throat> and I even talked about you in this interview. So then you know that it's not just bullshit that I actually love you. So take that for what you will. But, guys, thanks for listening. Remember, you can find me on Twitter at FritzQS, Facebook.com. Slash the Fritzcast, Fritzcast podcast at gmail.com for all your Gmail messaging needs. And remember, I love you, and I'll see you on Friday live. On Friday, don't miss it. If you miss it, you can
1: watch it, but you're not going to be as cool as catching it live.